How's everybody doing today? Chilling. Good, good, good. All right. Let's get this started. All right. So for today, my sermon title is called The Call to Come. I mean, a call to come to God as we are. <laughs> so I'm going to read the, the passage for us. It's 2 Kings 5, 11 through 12, and I'm going to read it out loud. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and the far, far, the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in rage. Let me pray for us. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, um, we just lift up this uh, precious time together as a, as a congregation, Lord. We came here under this one roof to, to, to learn more about you today, Lord. I pray that you use me to just speak boldness and to preach your words today, Lord. And um, yeah, we just truly lift you up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So yeah, let me go over this passage. When we first go over this passage, you see this dude name and he's very angry, right? He's, um, he's mad because this person told him that he had to wash himself in um, the Jordan River. But this person literally thought that by him coming to God, that God would just cure him. And I think this story is a, a good reminder to, to really come to, to come to God as we are. And I got four points. And before I go over those four points, let me um, give you a little recap of uh, what the story is really all about. So there's this dude named Naaman. He's a, a really great general, and he has a problem. He has leprosy. And his, um, his, one of his maidservants tells him about a, a great prophet in Israel. And he says that this prophet's going to be able to cure him. So Naaman, of course, is uh, very curious, and he goes to, to seek out this prophet. And then when he goes to this prophet, he's expecting um, Elisha, the prophet, to just say, oh, your leprosy is going to be gone. But Elisha comes and he says, oh, you got to dip yourself into this river seven times. And once you dip yourself into the river seven times, then you'll be cleansed of your leprosy. So Naaman is just very angry at the fact that he's got to go through these hoops when he expected God to just really just perform this miracle straight off the bat. So I got four points for you. And my very first point is um, come as you are. So let me read the... Okay, let me read the corresponding passage. It said, Now Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive of a young girl from Israel. She served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, Only if my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The, the, the letter that he took to the king of Israel said, With this letter I'm sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. So let me start off, start off the fact that Naaman going to this... This, um, this maidservant from Israel, the fact that he was going to go to this uh, maidservant of Israel and to, 
to seek answers from her is a huge, huge, um, I want to say, in a sense of him coming to God as he is. Because by realizing that he was a sinner and that he, um, yeah, by realizing that he was a sinner, he just, ha- <laughs> sorry, let me, let me regain my thought. So, <laughs> so he realized he was a sinner and he realized that his gods just didn't measure up to um, the gods of, I mean, to, to the God of Israel, to, to Yahweh, to um, the God of gods, the King of Kings. And he realized that this um, Israel's God would uh, bring him salvation by him just coming to, just coming to, to, to God as he was. Because by coming as a, as a foreigner, he was realizing that his God or his nation didn't have the answers to what he was, um, he was searching for. Because I guarantee you, he went through all his gods, went through all his cultures to, to try to find this cure for his leprosy. And I guarantee you, he tried his hardest to find this cure, but there was no cure for him because his God or his God from the other country just didn't have the answers for him. So Naaman, by him coming to God and just really seeking God um, that was going to just restore him is a, a true testament to him showing how coming as you are is a huge, huge uh, benefit of um, getting to know God. And I got First John 1, 8, 1, 8 through 9 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So in this verse, we got to realize that we're sinners, and we got to come as sinners. And when we come as sinners, then we'll realize the truth that it's in God, and God will um, release us from the bondage of sin when we come to him as we are, as, as sinners, and as, uh, as people knowing that we're sinners. So let me go to my second point. It's called the pride of Naaman. The pride of Naaman. So when Elisha, the, the man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me and he will not know that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent the messenger, messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not the Aban and far, far the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned off and went off in rage. So he came to God, he came to God as he was, a sinner. And he was about to, he came to God to receive this amazing healing. But, as he was going to receive this amazing healing, he received kind of this news that he wasn't expecting. He was expecting to be just healed immediately, but Elisha said, no, you gotta, you gotta go through these steps. You gotta cleanse yourself in the river of Jordan and then, then you'll be uh, cleansed of your leprosy. And you can see Naaman's pride. You know, he's a, he's a great general, a great, great man as it is. And him already coming to Israel to seek the help of, um, a foreign god was a, a huge, um, huge. Uh, I want to say a blow to his pride. It, w- it would have been a blow to his pride. 
And you can also, you can already see, uh, Naaman's pride coming into, coming into effect here because Naaman's pride is going to actually, um, in a sense, force him away from the salvation and the, the good works that Jesus was going to bring. I mean, not Jesus, but God was going to bring to Naaman. So Naaman's just this, he just had this pride. He thought, he was uh, just above it. He thought that um, since he was this general, he, had, he was such a, a man of high ranking that he should just immediately just be um, just shown by the prophet of Israel um, just this immediate uh, just healing because he was just this great man. But you can see that Naaman, his pride was going to prevent him from actually receiving the, the salvation that God was going to bring him. And I have a, my third point is the friend, which one are you? And the friend that I'm talking about is Naaman's, made, uh, Naaman's wife's hand servant. And let me read those uh, passages for you. Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored, and he became clean like that of a young boy. So many times in our lives, we can either be this friend, or we can be a different sort of friend. We can be like the friend, um, this handmaiden, who no matter what, is uh, trying to bring his master to just this amazing healing that this prophet of Israel had for him. And, a lot of the times uh, we can find ourselves in this battle of uh, really seeing what friend you are. And I have a, I have a friend here, his name is Leon, and well, like, I'm going to tell you straight, <laughs> he's laughing right now, but I'm going to tell you straight up, I, I, wasn't, I haven't always been a good friend, you know, probably not even a tolerable friend, right? Yeah, he's nodding his head. But yeah, I mean, but no matter what, man, like, this guy, he would always, he would always see, like, the positives, positives in me, and even when I had all these troubles going on, all these uh, bad experiences, uh, my my confidence was at a low point, I felt like uh, my friends uh, were talking behind, talking behind my back, this guy, he was always... Um, trying to lift me up, trying to uh, just support me. And I got one, one like, one little memory that in my head is just, will never, will never leave me because that's the day I realized this dude is, is a beast, is a real one. And it was, it was, a, we were, back in the back, uh, back in the day we were, we were drinking and he started to cry. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> He started to cry, and he was like, bro, I was like, when you do those things, it like really hurts me. And then he started to cry, and I was like, wow, dude, this guy truly, truly, truly loves me and truly, truly cares for me. And so, like, my friend Leon there, I think he's a perfect example of uh, what this handmaiden is all about. Because this handmaiden, if you, if you actually see it, she's actually, she was kidnapped. She was a... She would have been uh, a person who went through human trafficking because she was kidnapped. She was taken against her will to a foreign country and to be uh, used as a handmaiden. But the fact that this handmaiden 
didn't, it didn't matter that she was abducted or anything like that. She truly loved her, um, her mistress's husband so much that she was willing to, um, just go out of her way to bring this, to tell him about this man, Elisha, and this great man, um, this great healing that this man would bring. And I just want to implore you guys, are you guys going to be, you know, the handmaidens? Or are you guys going to be other friends, uh, other friends who might not always um, support your friend or who, uh, in the tough times, they're not there, or only when the good times, they're there, but that's not what friends are about. And this handmaiden, I think, is a perfect example of what friends should be doing. It should be um, going the extra mile. It should be uh, just going all out. I mean, of course, you got to be good friends, right? <laughs> you got to be good friends to do that stuff. But the point I'm trying to make is, are you guys going to be handmaidens? Or are you guys going to be other friends that aren't going to be leading other people to... Um, to Christ, but maybe leading other people to other things. And obviously, we don't want you to be, you know, other friends, but we want you to really model yourself after this handmaiden who was um, just really went after Naaman's heart and um, to really just bring Naaman this awesome, awesome healing that um, God was going to bring upon him. So... Got verses here. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, "Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals." You know, my friend Leon would say, "Maybe I would have, I was bad company, but he was good morals." So if we we flip that around. Good morals affected bad company. There we go. Proverbs <laughs> Proverbs eighteen twenty four says. The one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Second Kings 2.2, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Bethel. So Elisha right here is um, just being a true friend, saying to Elijah, you know, as long as you live, I will not leave you. And of course, I don't expect Leon to say that to me, but, you know, you should honestly, you guys see these verses. You guys see what friends are all about. I just implore you to just go the extra mile for your friend to um, just be there. Just, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be going away soon, and I've had some time to reflect. I've had some time to realize, you know, maybe I haven't been the best of friends, and I've been, you know, pretty selfish with my time, but... As I've um, come to just really realize this stuff, I've, um, I want to also make it right. And I just hope that as we grow older, we'll, make, we'll continue to make more memories and we'll continue to support each other. And hopefully you continue to um, just come to more messages and continue to support me, brother. So thank you. So my last point is God is the only one. So let me read the verses for this one. So then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, so please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept the thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. So Elisha here knew that God was the only one. God is the only one that deserves the credit. 
God is the only one that is, should be glorified for the healing of Naaman. And Naaman, he doesn't quite understand this. He thinks that um, he, he got healed, that's great. Now he's, um, he doesn't quite understand that this gift from God was, was that, it was a gift. So he's trying to like pay, pay, uh, pay Elisha off to kind of, in a sense, kind of in a sense, I guess, to earn his, um, to earn his healing, right? So instead of um, giving glory to God and God um, giving him this gift, he's trying to, in a sense, buy this, buy this healing from, um, buy this healing from Elisha. And when he's trying to buy this healing from Elisha, he's actually hijacking what God has done. And when he's doing that, he's taking the, the glory away from God. And a lot of the times in our lives, you know, we'll come to God, we'll come to God in times of trouble, we'll come to God in um, times of need, and we'll pray and we'll, we'll just, we'll cry out to God. But when things, when uh, some, a lot of times when answers are, pra- I mean, when prayers are answered and God shows you through your, uh, through your prayers the answers that he has for you, a lot of the times we just, just gloss over it, and uh, we don't even really um, take the time to really praise God and really thank God for what He's done. And when we do that, uh, you leave room. I want to say you leave room for a way to make the restoration or the answer of prayer not about God, but maybe maybe you start to think it was from your own doing, right? You start to think. Um, you know, I pray to God. I, he, um, a lot of times, uh, my prayers maybe don't get answered, but you know, maybe this time my prayers got answered. Maybe it was just, you know, just, just life. It just happened, right? It's just a uh, coincidence. And when you start to make it like that, you start to say it's coincidence, then you take power away from God, and then you make God into something that he's not. God is, God is all-powerful. God doesn't need you to give him glory, but God will receive glory no matter what. And this person, Naaman, by him trying to really just buy off Elisha, he's, he's basically showing that he doesn't really understand what God is all about. God is, God is about giving restoration. God is about giving grace. And Naaman here was... Um, not about grace, but he was trying to make it about his own doing, his own, he was, yeah, he was trying to uh, buy the healing through his own merits, through his, um, through, through the paying off of um, that guy. And John fourteen six says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So this is another verse showing that God is the only way. And let me, um, Share a little passage about what happened to that dude who um, who took the money. So let me read it here. So Naaman tries to pay off um, that guy, and Elisha says he's not going to accept any money. But one of Elisha's um, attendants runs back after Naaman, and he says, "Oh, actually, my my uh, my master would like a payment." So um, Naaman, Naaman gives him his payment, and Elisha gets angry because 
that guy comes back and he's acting like nothing happened. He was just out about, um, he was maybe just out for a walk and he just all of a sudden just back in front of Elisha and Elisha's like, where were you? And Elisha says this, but Elisha said to him, was, my, was, my, was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to take money or to accept clothes or olive groves and vineyards or flocks and herds or males and female slaves? Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Then Gehazi went from Elisha's presence and his skin was leprous, had become as white as snow. So this guy, he takes payment from Naaman and he's, in his, by him taking payment from Naaman, he was making the healing about himself. And he was acting as the conduit of um, how that healing would uh, be transferred. So by him accepting that payment, he was saying, because of me, because, uh, because I accepted this payment, this healing is going to be, in a sense, it's going to come to you. But, this, uh, but Elijah's like, no, you can't do that. You're taking glory away from God, and God's not going to allow that. And you see what happened to that guy. <laughs> I'm not saying you guys, uh, if you guys take away glory from God, that you guys will get leprosy. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if you guys take glory away from God, you guys are limiting God. You guys are not giving God his full due. You got to give God his full due. You can't limit God. You got to really truly realize God is the only way. And yeah, through Naaman's story, you can you truly realize, come to God as you are. Um, don't let your pride stumble you. Make sure if, if you have pride that stumbles you or if something's stumbling you along the way, make sure you have a handmaiden or a friend, a good friend that's always, you know, just guiding you along the right path, of pushing you towards the better light and just to really just... Um, just to be there with you and uh, just to really support you. And yeah, so let me just pray for you and uh, send this message. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you so much um, for just giving the story of uh, Naaman and what he meant to Elisha and the story of him being um, just healed from this leprosy, Lord. I pray that each and every single one of us has a handmaiden or a friend and that's able to just um, really just be there with us and um, just to point us in the right direction, just to pick each other up, to uplift each other, and um, just to just love each other, Lord. And I pray that um, our pride is not the downfall of us, but we, I pray that we can realize this pride that is uh, making us stumble and we can see that pride is um, not the way, but you are the way, Lord. You are the one and the only way, Lord. We pray all these things in your name. In Jesus' name pray, amen.